and take them and turn to Philippians chapter 4. Aren't you glad God's holding on to you today? Amen. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9. As we look at the final uh, sermon in our series on Reboot, we're looking at Philippians chapter 4 verse 9 and this will be the final message on reboot and uh, the idea behind the message is sometimes you can get kind of kind of frozen kind of stuck uh, somewhere in your life uh, you can just like a computer does your computer kind of gets stuck it freezes up and you have to restart it or reboot it and that's the idea sometimes we might uh, get a little frozen in a relationship stuck in your prayer life stuck in your witnessing or you're growing in Christ or your involvement in your church and so that's what we're talking about is this idea of rebooting and refreshing so look if you will at Philippians chapter 4 and verse 9 we'll see what Paul wrote to the church at Philippi this is what Paul says the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Everybody say, these do. These do, and the God of peace will be with you. So today we're going to talk about habits. Talk about habits. Talk, I read about some folks that have some, a little bit of uh, some unusual habits. It wouldn't be um, a bad thing if we all sat around and talked about our weirdest habits that we had. That'd be kind of interesting. I, I heard where one person said with their French fries. Now, how many of you use ketchup on your fries? All right. Anybody do the, may anybody do the mayo on their fries? Got a couple of mayo people. Anybody do ranch dressing on your fries? I got a few ranch guys. Okay. Got a few of those. I read one person said they use ice cream and chocolate frosting on their fries. Really? We got some, anybody going anybody gonna to try that? <laughs> got most of you folks are willing to try that. Somebody else said they wear their socks inside out because they're more comfortable. Anybody? Any, okay, we do have one for, okay, Jennifer wears her socks inside out, so everybody's going to look at her socks when she leaves today. Anybody going to give it a try? No, okay, a couple of you might give it a try, all right. Here's another one. Somebody said they keep their clothes organized by color in their closet. <laughs> That's a little bit. Do we have anybody that? Okay, we do. We do. Okay, yeah, we've got some. Uh, well, all right. Hats off to you guys. You can find it, can't you? Somebody said they always eat their best part of their meal first, and I, and I understand that. Sometimes we do that. But I love the reason why. They eat the best part of their meal first in case somebody comes by and wants to share. <laughs> A little selfishness uh, with the habit there. Here's somebody, I don't know if we have anybody who does this, they fold their dirty clothes before they put them in the washing machine. Any, we got any of those guys here? Not a single one that we really would know. We'd, we're, if you fold them afterwards, kudos to you, right? That, that's, that's the step in the right direction there. I remember somebody on the volume on their TV or radio, they can only use even numbers. Uh, odd, they cannot stand to have an odd number on the, on the volume. Do we have any even number only people? <laughs> Got to be on a five. Okay. <laughs> All right. Five, 10, 15, 20. Okay. We, we don't have even numbers, but we do have a, a five. Awesome. 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 I heard a lady who lived in Brazil. She wrote and said that in Brazil, it's customary almost every time she went to visit somebody, they would ask, would you like a shower? <laughs> which is an odd habit, and she said it was hard for her to get out of when she came back to the States, and people come visit her, and she would say, would you like a shower? <laughs> it's kind of led to a couple of uncomfortable um, uh, uh, um, conversations, yeah. Uh, when I was at the Ukraine, uh, I went there on a mission trip one time, and uh, one of the things that was interesting there in the Ukraine is impolite to ask for people to pass the food. 
that if you wanted something, you stood up and reached for it and got it. Because they said, they're, they're, it's not a bad, I mean, you know, different habits, different places. They said to ask somebody to stop eating to pass you food would be impolite. And uh, it took us about a minute and a half to get used to that. <laughs> we fell right into that. And the other thing that was interesting about Ukraine was that uh, we asked the blessing before the meal. Really, you know, you're kind of giving thanks for the food. They do that after the meal. And so you have the blessing or the giving of thanks after, um, after the meal. And China, one of the things that they do that's kind of interesting or kind of gross, really, they spit a lot on the streets and stuff. And you'll see signs all over the place, no spitting. And so uh, hopefully y'all can refrain from that while you're in church this morning, if you don't mind doing that. One last one, one last one. In Cambodia, uh, deep-fried crickets are a real treat. Deep-fried, in fact, they sell them on the street, kind of like crackers or cookies or something like that. And so they sell deep-fried crickets. So anybody, if we have deep-fried crickets at the next uh, potluck dinner at church, anybody going to try the deep-fried crickets? Okay, got a couple, couple. Anybody here have ever eaten deep-fried crickets? Raise your hand. Okay. Gabe and I. <laughs> I actually have. And so Gabe and I are the only two that are eating the deep fried crickets. All right, we're going to talk about a little bit better habits than that because here's the thing. If you want to have a reboot in your life, it's more than just saying, I'd like to do that to really get a fresh start. And the verse that really has captured me as I've been preaching on this is Genesis, not Genesis, Psalm 51:10, out of the message where the Bible says, God, make a fresh start in me create a Genesis week out of the chaos of my life. And I love that idea of a fresh start. But here's the thing. If it's going to be a real reboot, you're going to have to develop some habits that go along to support the reboot because you are what your habits are. You do, greatly, you know, a great part of who you are today is because of the habits that you have developed. You see, we will move from where we are to where God wants us to be not by just having a goal or an intention or an idea, but it is indeed by forming godly habits, habits that we, that we use from our hearts. So if you want to restart in your relationship with God, you want to restart in your relationship with your family, in your prayer life, in your joy, in your Bible reading, something like that, you're going to need a, a new habit. And that's what I want to talk about. And I'm going to give you some ideas today on how to develop some good habits for a godly restart, a godly reboot. Because here's the thing, if we're going to have that, it's going to be because we actually obey. Everybody say, actually obey. Yeah, you actually obey God habitually, okay? It's not, you know, every week I do a weekly growth suggestion, almost every week, and, those, and obviously I think it's a good idea, but doing something once is not going to have a great impact on your life. Doing something just occasionally, it's obeying God habitually, day by day, that's going to really impact your life. You see, people that have great families do so because they have great habits in their family. They avoid habits like complaining about each other. They avoid habits like talking bad about each other. They avoid habits like seeing the negative only in each other or holding unforgiveness against each other or accusing each other. No, no, no. They avoid the bad habits and they develop good habits. Good habits like talking, like, like saying thank you. Good habits like date nights. Good habits like... Um, 
greeting each other with a hug and a kiss when you see each other coming home um, um, from work and that kind of thing. Laura and I always do that. Whenever we leave, we always say uh, we love each other and give each other a hug. Uh, one of the funniest times is when uh, we were out to see a movie, and I dropped her off so she could get in line for tickets. And uh, as I went to drive away, she reached over and hugged me, gave me a kiss, said, love you. Like, all right, I'm going to see you in a minute and a half. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, better, better good habits than not enough good habits, right? And so here's the thing. First, watch this, we form habits and then they form us. And so what we want to do today is to think about how we can be intentional about developing the kind of habits that will lead us to the people that God wants us to be. Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence is not an act, but it is a habit. So let me ask you a question as we get started this morning. It's an important question. Where do you need a reboot? Where do you need a restart? I mean, think about it. Ask God right now. Ask God to just kind of give you a nudge right now. Lord, where is the best place I could use a fresh start? Is it in your worship time? Is it in your quiet time? In your friendships? In your family? Is it in your health? Is it in sharing your faith, your church, your joy, your love, your generosity? Where is it that you really need a reboot at today. So I'm going to talk about three things about this this morning. Three things about this because these habits are going to be so important. And as you think about, let me just mention several so as, you, as you think about these habits. Some great Christian habits would be a habit like having a quiet time. Uh, one of the habits I developed several years ago, and, and when I say habit, I'm not talking about doing something out of the routine. I'm not talking about just doing something about engaging your heart and mind. I'm talking about doing something from your heart and mind singing to God at the beginning of your quiet time, writing down three things you're grateful for at the beginning of, uh, of, of each day, praying for people out loud when they ask you to pray for them, saying yes to open doors like Jan did this morning. I would imagine several of you could say yes to a one-word testimony today, uh, saying yes to church and Sunday school, getting involved, getting some prayer habits, some prayer habits um, one of the prayer habits that Laura taught our family early on was anytime we hear a uh, police or an ambulance siren, we always stop and pray for what's going on there, which has led to some interesting prayers when our kids were three and four years old. Uh, another one is we had a church member here uh, several years ago that was in a motorcycle accident, and Laura developed the habit that she still does today. Anytime she sees a motorcycle, she prays for them. So just learning to develop these habits and maybe a, a habit of Bible reading, trying to say something about Jesus every day, tithing, being generous, reading Christian books and magazines, prayer walking, these kind of things. In fact, I was reading, the reason I threw the prayer walk went in there, I was reading an article on church revitalization recently. And they said one of the best habits they've done in the last couple of years about churches that have sort of revitalized and kind of got revived and got started really kind of ignited their growth after the pandemic was prayer walking. People started prayer walking their church and that was one of the things that God really, really used. Look at Philippians 4.9. Paul writes the things which you learned, he taught them some things, the things you received and you heard and you saw, they saw Paul practicing some habits, do these things, these do. Now if you look through Philippians, You'll see several things. Paul said, rejoice always. So that's something they saw in Paul. They heard him teach it. And so Paul wants them to 
practice that. He told them to be gentle with each other. They saw that and they want to, Paul says, make some habits around this. Paul taught them to pray about everything and don't worry about anything. And so they needed to develop some habits around their prayer life that will bring down the worry and bring in the peace that they need. He's, they saw these things. Now, Paul gets to the end of the letter, and he says, now, these things we've been talking about, you got to build some habits. you got to think about these things, and you actually have to do them. And watch this. This will be a big surprise for some church people, probably not any of you, but for some church people. It means more than saying, Lord, help me apply this message to my life. It means actually doing something, actually developing something. Let me give you three words that I think will help us as we think about some great habits for a godly reboot. First word is the word identity. Identity. Who do you see yourself as? Because here's the thing. You're going to have a hard time acting in a way that's inconsistent with who you think you are. Better put, you're going to have a hard way acting consistent with who God says you are. Who does God say you are? Because it's easy, it's easy to get to saying things like, well, I'm just a loser. I'm just a procrastinator. You know, I always put things off. I'm kind of apathetic. I'm a worrier. I'm a fearful person. I'm a shy person. I'm not a very good Christian. I'm not very disciplined. I'm not very committed. I I don't forgive very easily. And when we say that about ourselves, we tend to act that way. It's hard to act different from how you see yourself. Now, here's the thing. God says you're not those things. God doesn't say you're a loser. God doesn't say you're a fearful person. In fact, God says, I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. God does, he said we, we, we tend to define ourselves in these ways, but God defines you very, very differently. See, if you think you're an athlete, or you think you're a musician, or you think you're a good student, or you think you're a hard worker, you tend to act that way. You tend to act consistently in those kinds of ways. I heard about a guy that went to a place, he was trying to quit smoking. And uh, it was a habit he had. He wanted to quit. And so he went to a new place of work. And he decided, well, this new, my new job is a perfect time for me to stop smoking. And sure enough, first day, lunch break comes around. And somebody asked him, said, hey, would you like to step outside and have a cigarette with me? And he said, no, I'm not a smoker. Said it out loud. Some accountability identified himself. I am. He didn't say, I used to. I'm trying to break the hat. didn't say, I am not a smoker. Matthew West has a song, and this is what he says. He says, my name, this is how much he talks about my name. My name was lost till your love reached down. You rescued me, now my name is found. I was a slave to sin and shame, but those chains fell off when you changed my name. Everybody say, you changed my name. Yeah, you changed my name, you changed my name from too far gone to Saved by grace, and now I am forever changed, all because you changed my name. And here's, what I, here's the part I really wanted you to get and I wanted to get. I don't have to answer to any name that the enemy tries to call me. I don't have to answer to any name but chosen child of God. See, if you identify, who are you? Well, I'm a loser, I'm a procrastinator, I'm there. Now, I am a chosen child of God. 
I'm a joyful person. I'm a praying person. I'm a kind person. I'm a Christian dad. I'm a Christian wife. I'm a Christian student. I'm a Christian athlete. As you identify, you will learn to act in ways that are consistent. You see, it's hard to maintain habits that if you don't trust God, that that's who he's making you to be. Tim Tebow, you've heard of Tim Tebow probably. Uh, he and his mom was on Good Morning America one time, and uh, she had lots of issues when she was pregnant with Tim, and they really encouraged her to abort him. They said it was very dangerous for her and very dangerous for Tim, and so uh, she talked about how the medical care wasn't great in the Philippines where they were missionaries, and so in the middle of talking about that, how the doctor said, you know, the pregnancy wasn't going well, the embryo wasn't, the fetus wasn't developing well, in the middle of that, Tim interrupted her and said, for somehow, some way, he said, my brothers and sisters got the idea that I was a tumor. <laughs> and he said, from my earliest recognitions, they called me Timmy the tumor. <laughs> now, that's hard to identify with, right? Timmy the tumor. And he said, my dad would always bring me, get me off to the side and say, Timmy, you're a miracle. God has great things for you. Tim, you're a miracle. God has great. And the fact that you are here and who you are is genuinely a miracle. The chances of you existing are miraculous. That you are you, who you are with your DNA, with your personality, in a country where it's easy for you to trust God and love God. You are a chosen child of God. God, we have to learn to identify ourselves in that way because if you say, I'm a Christian athlete, I'm a Christian student, I'm a Christian dad, I'm a joyful Jesus follower, I am a chosen child of God, you can depend on God to help you become that. Look at Philippians 1.6, same book now. Being confident of this very thing, who, who, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Everybody say, will complete it. Look. God is not about completing you as a loser, a procrastinator, somebody who's fearful, somebody who's a worrier. He's not, he's not about completing you in that. He's about completing you as his chosen child. One guy said this, every decision you make is a vote for the type of person that you want to become. And so this, uh, today, what's one of the best habits that you can develop to line up with who God is making you, who God's power is helping you to become. So first of all is identity. Secondly, we want to look at intention. We want to look at intention. Are you really intending on becoming somebody new? Are you really intending on a reboot? Are you, see, if we're not willing to make a new habit, make a new decision, make a new, new start, then we're probably not going to see much. You say, I know, I know it's healthy for me. If I would cut the sugar out of my diet, that ain't going to happen. <laughs> and the reason why is I have no intention of doing that. It's not occurred to me. It's not, uh, uh, it did occur to me when I thought, what's the one thing I'm not going to do <laughs> as, a, as, a, as a bad example? Now, if my doctor said, uh, you're going to die in six months if you don't cut the sugar out of your diet, I'd pray about it. Is this without sugar better than heaven with it? <laughs> so I, I'd be willing to pray about it. But look what Paul wrote. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do. Have an intention, have a decision, have an idea. This is the direction that I want to go. See, Paul said to them, 
to rejoice in the Lord always. He taught them to rejoice in trials. He taught them that everything that happened to him turned out to the furtherance of the gospel. He taught them that for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. He taught them. He said, now y'all, do these kind of things. Go out. Don't just listen to a sermon. Do the kind of things that I did that enabled me to be that kind of person. You see, it's not the goal that makes the difference. It's not the goal. It's the habit. You've heard so many of the college coaches say what? Got to trust the process. Got to trust the process. And sometimes I'll hear somebody on, uh, on TV, they'll say, well, the reason we won the championship is that's been our goal from the beginning. And I think, well, it was, it was everybody else's goal. <laughs> it wasn't like one team had the goal to be the champion. Everybody else had the goal of not being a champion. The reason they say trust the process, what are they saying? Do the habits. Do the things every day that's going to get you there. And see, it's the habits that we develop and bring our heart into, align our heart with, that's going to really bring a reboot into your life. And so find the habit and do it consistently. It's not what you do that shapes you. It's what you do consistently. Now, I want to encourage you to either make it easy or hard. Just a little practical thing about this habit. Either make it easy or hard. So one of the best habits I developed last year, last uh, three months of last year into this year, was to pray for the favor of God in my life in church. We read uh, the Mark Batterson's book, and uh, that's one of the things that he said a lot was uh, he prayed for the favor of God, and that really, st- I felt like that was a habit I needed to develop, and I've made it easy. And here's how I make it easy. Every morning when I do my quiet time, I have a little journal, online journal. And, and I don't journal. I just I have an online journal that I write down the top. I don't even write. I'll copy and paste the verse that meant the most to me that day. But on that page, when I open it up, it says, where did I see God's favor today? So I don't have to try to remember it. I don't have to um, wonder if I'm going to remember it. I can't help it. It's right there in front of my face. If you want to be a joyful person, you want to develop peace, one of the habits a lot of people do is they write down three things and they thank God for those three things each day. Now, writing them down is not going to do anything, but if you can every day say, here are three things, and you say, God, I thank you for these three things. And that's what, that was my habit from the year before. And it's really, really easy. You know why? Because on that page, I open up every day. There's three numbers from what I thank God for yesterday. I erase those and I write three new ones today. Make it easy. If you are at work and you want to save money towards your retirement and your company allows you to do an automatic withdrawal, do it. It's just easy. If you can make it easy, don't if you get up, if you get there on Friday and say, do I want to contribute to my retirement or do I want to go to Destin? Destin's going to win out too many times, <laughs> right? But if you don't have to worry about it, that, see, that's why I say, well, I'm going to develop a quiet time. How do you make it easy? You put your Bible wherever you wake up at, wherever you have breakfast, wherever you have your coffee at. You just say, I'm going to have a quiet time every day. And you put your Bible out there where you see it, and you just commit to it. It's a lot easier to say, I'm going to be at church and Sunday school every Sunday than it is to wake up every Sunday and pray. I wonder if I'm going to go to church or Sunday school today. I wonder if I'm going to tithe today. I wonder if I'm going to pray today. It's a whole lot easier to do it ahead of time and then create a habit that makes it really, really easy. I read where one guy said the best thing he's done this year is to take a prayer walk every day. 
And he said, a prayer walk of gratitude. And it's three minutes. Three to five minutes every day. Now, everybody's got three to five minutes just about. And he said the key is where he, when he comes in from work, where he sits down, is his, he puts his walking shoes right there. Puts his walking shoes right there. So he sees them, and he says to himself, I'm going to put my walking shoes on. Once you get a walking shoes on, you might as well go for a walk, right? So, now, if that doesn't work for you, if you can't find a way to make it easy, in fact, one guy said that he's trying to read Christian books instead of watching TV, so where he sits down, he puts his Christian books on the arm of his recliner and the TV remote on the other side of the room and takes the batteries out of them at night. (laughs) Makes it hard, right? So, here's the other thing. You say, well, I don't respond that well. Here's another thing. I, I read, this is from a guy in Alabama, and you, so you'll understand this. He said that his, uh, his, one of his habits he's trying to do is he's trying to work out every day. And you can use quiet time or whatever it is you want to do. And he's an Auburn fan. Nobody cheer. This is not about cheering football teams, all right? He's from Alabama, born, raised in Alabama, hard, hard-line Auburn fan, pulls our bleeds blue and orange, all that kind of stuff. And he's made a deal with himself and the people at work that every day he skips his workout, Where's an Alabama hat to work the next day? <laughs> Talk about making it hard. <laughs> you bring some accountability into the issue there where you'll understand this is what we're doing. Jordan Peterson writes about habits. He said, can you imagine yourself in 10 years if instead of avoiding the things you know you should do, you actually did them every day? You see, your prayer life and your Bible knowledge your family life, your friend quality, your friendships, a lot of it is the cumulative effect of the habits that you've had over the years and the things that you have put your heart into. So I mentioned last, one last thing, and that's the word important. How important is it to you? How important is it to me to live a godly life? How important is it to me to influence others for Jesus? How important is it to me to love Jesus with all of my heart, soul, and strength? You see, Philippians 1, 9, 4, 9, one more time. The things Paul said which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Now, the God of peace is always going to be with you, right? Why does he write it that way? Because when you do things that God wants you to do and you make a habit of obeying God, you experience his peace deeper. You're more aware of his joy. You're more aware of his power in your life. It's not that if you don't do on God's absence, it's an awareness and then an experience. Would you rather study about God's peace or would you rather experience God's peace? If you study about it, you learn some cool things. But if you create the habits of obedience that lead to peace, you can actually experience. And behind all this, they saw in Paul a relationship with God through Jesus Christ that was more important to Paul than anything else in his life. And you say, it can't just be habit. The relationship has to go with it. Paul said, for me to live as Christ and to die as what? Again, Jesus means everything to me. And that's why, that's why he got to have the fact that he was converted, he was saved, in love with God. Jesus was extremely important, more important than anything else. And so the habits grew out of that kind of relationship. So here's your weekly growth suggestion this morning. Ask God to show you the one area that you would most profit from a reboot and one habit to sustain it. 
Where's the biggest place that you need to reboot? And what's one, don't, don't do 15, it's too many. Think about your one word for the year. Think about all we've been talking about is this, is this idea of reboot. What's one habit that God would want you to start? It doesn't have to be long. It might just be two minutes. It may just be one minute. It may be praying on the way to work instead of listening to the radio. One habit that you'll be eternally glad you did when it comes to the end of the year. One person wrote this, so an act and you reap a habit. So a habit, you reap a character. So a character and you reap a destiny. You reap a destiny. By the way, Jesus did this, uh, Luke 4, 16. So he came to Nazareth, Jesus, where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, as his habit was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Paul, same thing, Acts 17, 2. As Paul was his custom, his habit was, he went in and for three Sabbaths, he shared Christ with them. So what's the... What's the habit that God wants you to develop today? Uh, in closing, I read a story uh, a couple of weeks ago. On um, May 14th, 2022, some of you remember the mass shooting in Buffalo, New York at the Topps Friendly Markets where a white supremacist shooter um, targeted a population where there would be a high concentration of black residents and killed 10 and wounded 3, uh, leaving the neighborhood without a grocery store, just a... Just an awful, awful act. There's a lady named Emily Bletz, who is a writer for Christianity Today, who's also white. Uh, she went to uh, report on it for Christianity Today. She went to, you know, just kind of report what was happening with the funerals and the grief process and how people were kind of processing this kind of a thing. And so she went and she's talking. You know, she's a reporter. She's a Christian. She's for Christianity Today, but she's a reporter. And so she's going in, she's trying to find out where, how do I get to talk to people and trying to, you know, without being too offensive or anything, but just trying to, to read the mood of the community. And somebody told her, said, if you want to talk to people, you need to go to the cigar shop around the corner. That's where everybody's kind of congregating at. And so she did. So she went to the cigar shop. And she doesn't identify herself. Now, she's just a white person in a black neighborhood, kind of interested in what's going on there. And so she was in there for about an hour just asking people, how they were doing, what's kind of going on, what's kind of going on with the community and that kind of thing. And she said three times in the short time she was in that shop, three different people witnessed to her about their faith in Christ. Uh, ask her if she knew who Jesus was. Ask her if she was saved. And would she like to know how to be saved? People in grief, people in sorrow, people dealing with a hard, hard tragedy and yet three times three different people three separate occasions somebody had the habit somebody had a habit of saying yes to Jesus and saw this person knew they weren't from around there and said miss my grief gives my sorrow I want to see if they know Jesus as their personal savior that is a habit of saying yes would you stand please with the heads bowed and eyes closed with heads bowed and eyes closed, it makes Jesus the hero of the story, doesn't it? See, that's the idea. The idea is that Jesus becomes the hero of the story, not our habits, but we have to come to Christ and say, okay, where have I gotten frozen? Where do I need a fresh start at? And Lord, show me a habit, something that I can start doing from my heart out of love to you that will help me become the Jesus lover I really want to be. If you've never been saved, that's the biggest thing. You've got to give your heart and life to Jesus. That's where it starts at. Jesus died for you, shed his blood, rose from the dead, 
love to give you a new life, a new heart, and a new start. And as a Christian, where do you need a fresh start? Probably you know. Probably God has been nudging you. If you've been here uh, through the whole series, God's probably nudged you in a direction through this. If you've just been here today, you've probably got an idea. It's a great place to kind of get a fresh start. Today, on our last sermon on this series, we really want it to count. We really want it to happen. We really need to develop a habit of it. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we pray this morning you would help us to understand your heart, the nudge that you're giving each one of us. And Lord, how we can live that out, how we can do those things that, uh, that we learn about. Hands bowed and eyes closed, no more looking around. Maybe your first steps kind of break out of a comfort zone and come middle and altar and say, God, here's my reboot, here's my restart, and I am going after it. <laughs> I am going after it no matter the cost, Lord. Maybe today you got a burden on your heart. You want somebody to pray with you. I'll be 